If you allow the seed of resentment to be planted in your heart, it will cause division. If you nourish resentment in your heart, uh, it will it will likely uh, infest your home and infect the hearts of your children after you. Last week we learned that resentment is a scarlet sin. We looked at the story of Judah. We just read about the Lion of Judah. Well, Judah didn't start out that way. Uh, Judah tried to make a, uh, a plan of his own, uh, tie a scarlet thread around his own solution, uh, but that was not the solution that God intended. The only remedy for resentment is to follow God's scarlet thread to the cross. It always has been, it always will be. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. Now, the wonder of this story is that the brother who was himself, Joseph, the focus of his brother's resentment, he bore no resentment in his own heart toward them. He had a pure heart. Uh, he, not one night did he, allow, did he allow himself to go to bed with uh, the scarlet sin of resentment, but there were many nights when he could have. Now, if you make your heart a nest where you brood over some hurt that someone uh, committed against you, in your heart, you will soon have a host of evil hatchlings that just eat away at your life. And that's what happens. You get eaten up. If you have just a little bit of resentment before long, you're just eaten up with it. And uh, so there's no resentment in the heart of Joseph. We're going to learn that uh, every night he closed his eyes with a clean conscience, his heart beat with pure thoughts, and his life was filled with the presence of God. That's all the more surprising when you consider that his brother's resentment uh, put him on a downward spiral that appeared to be out of control. So if you look in Genesis chapter 37, our main scriptures today are going to come from chapter 39, but we just do a little review. The Bible says, It came about when Joseph reached his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the very colored tunic that was on him, and they took him and threw him into a pit, now the pit was empty without any water in it. Now, that's where Joseph was, and, and that may be where you are this morning. You are in a pit of despair because of the hurt that somebody brought into your life. And, and our natural reaction is to try to scream our way out of such a pit or to claw our way out of it. We think we can build a ladder out of our resentment made of the skin and bones of the people who hurt us. But that kind of ladder never lifts us up. It, it only carries us deeper still into that pit. But there is no record in the Scripture that Joseph screamed or clawed or made a ladder out of resentment. The record shows that, remarkably, he bore no hatred against his brothers, though they hated him. He simply waited quietly in that waterless pit but he didn't wait alone. God was with him. Now, here's the first principle that I want to share with you this morning, and it's extremely important for you to remember. If you are in a pit of despair caused by a hurt that someone else put into your life, you can do one of two things. You can build a ladder out of your resentment and try to get out on your own, or you can wait on the way that God has provided so what was the way that God provided for Joseph? Well, it was not a way that he would choose or that you or I would choose, but God did have a plan to lift him up out of that pit 
and to raise him to his appointed destiny. And God also has a plan for you, and He has a plan for me. Anytime anything appears to go wrong, God has a plan, and always it's greater than our own plan uh, that we would choose. So we find chapter 37 of Genesis, verse 28, uh, then some Midianite traders passed by, so they, that's his brothers, pulled him up, lifted him out of the pit, sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. Thus they brought him into Egypt. And now we come to chapter 39, verse 1. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. You remember when we ended chapter 37, it said, meanwhile, and then we had the slice of what was going on in his family's life, the rest of the family, looking at Judah, and now we're back to Joseph again in chapter 39, verse 1, where he's down in Egypt. His life is on a continual downward spiral. You'll see this. So, have the circumstances of your life ever put you in a pit, a pit of discouragement, a pit of despair, like the one Joseph was in. Now the hurt in his life was very real. There's no way for us to measure that hurt, nor can I measure the hurt, nor anyone else measure the hurt that's in your heart, or the string of hurts, and sometimes what goes on in our life seems to be taking, taking us down. But we have to ask ourselves the question, even when I feel like Things are just domino effects going wrong in my life, one thing after another. Are things out of control? Or could my circumstances have a kingdom significance? Could God be doing something, working a plan that's beyond my ability to see? I wonder if you've ever asked that question about your own circumstances, about your own hurt, and about your own despair. All of us get hurt. All of us, everybody at some point in your life is going to have your feelings hurt, your heart stepped on, spit on, run over, run off. Whatever it is, you're going to have some hurt that comes into your life, but you're going to have to trust God to be in control of it. Now looking at Joseph's circumstances, from our perspective, we can clearly see that his circumstances had a kingdom significance, that God was in control, but Joseph couldn't see that. Joseph didn't know that. Here's the second principle. When the circumstances of life take you down, the way you respond to those circumstances will determine whether God is able to help you or not. Is it possible for you to respond in a way that will take you and those around you deeper into despair? Do you remember when the space shuttle exploded back in 1986? Do you remember where you were? Some of you don't. You weren't even born. But I remember where I was. I was standing in the emergency room of a mobile hospital. That same day, the cold weather and the ice that had caused problems for the space shuttle down in Florida caused problems at Ingalls Shipyard, and the shipyard shut down. One of the guys in our church didn't get to work that day. Uh... He was working two jobs, trying to make ends meet for his family. He was simply trying to help his family climb out of their pit of despair. I had baptized both he and his wife just a few months before. But on that icy morning, him not able to go to work, that pit of despair seemed darker and deeper than ever. He told his wife he was going to clean his gun. 
And in that dark moment, holding his own pistol, he decided to use it to take his life. Did God have a plan to bring that family up out of their pit of despair? I believe he did. But in that dark moment, he couldn't see God's plan, so he made a plan of his own. And it only served to take his family even deeper into that pit of despair. What are the circumstances of life? that are pushing you to decision. Is it one incident or one circumstance or is it a whole string of calamities? Is it the death of a loved one, a financial uh, catastrophe, uh, uh, the breakup of a relationship, the illness of a child? We could name hundreds of circumstances that cause people to spiral into despair. Is there something inside this suitcase, the suitcase of your own heart, that you feel like that you just can't carry anymore because every day it gets heavier and heavier and takes you deeper and deeper into despair. So Joseph had been taken down in a pit, into a pit, put in a pit, and now he was down in Egypt. Chapter 39, we pick up in verse 1. Joseph had been taken down into Egypt and Potiphar, an Egyptian officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the bodyguard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man. Although he'd been taken down against his will, the downward spiral of his life was being monitored by God's eye and controlled by God's purpose. God knew all about the hurt that was in Joseph's life. Joseph's circumstances were under God's sovereignty, and so are yours. What made the difference in Joseph's circumstances? Well, the verse tells us very clearly there in verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph. Now, today, what we're going to talk about is, last week we talked about scarlet sin that Judah had packed in his heart. And if you carry the scarlet sin of resentment in your heart, it's going to lead to a, a string of other scarlet sins. Other things are going to happen in your life. But there are some things you can pack in the suitcase of your heart. When things are going on that are out of your control, and the first one is the confidence of God's own presence. We call that faith. In spite of the hurt that's come into my life, I choose to believe that I have not been forsaken or forgotten. The Lord is with me. Pack that in the suitcase of your heart. Faith will guard your heart against the scarlet sin of resentment and any other scarlet sin. The Lord will be with you in your circumstances. He will be sovereign over your circumstances. He will, if you will, if you will allow Him, turn your circumstances in a way that has kingdom significance. So verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now his master saw that the Lord was with him and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and became his personal servant. And he made him overseer over all his house and all that he owned he put in his charge. It came about that from, from the time he made him overseer in his house and over all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. Thus the Lord's blessing was upon all that he owned in the house and in the field. So he left everything he owned in Joseph's charge 
and with him there, he did not concern himself with anything except the food which he ate. The Lord was with Joseph, his master saw that, and things got better and better for Joseph, but only for a little while. Now simply remember, if you could, and if you can think about whatever circumstances you're in today, whether they're good or bad, in every circumstance of life, the Lord is with you. That was true when Joseph walked into the teeth of his brother's resentment. It was true while he was in the pit. It was true after he got out. Don't allow your circumstances to prompt you to lose confidence in God. Don't take faith out of the suitcase of your heart and replace it with doubt. Doubt simply becomes a nest for resentment. Now, Joseph could have justified a heart full of resentment. He also uh, had reason to doubt because just as things seem to be getting better, things seemed to be getting better, the bottom fell out for Joseph. From that, from that place of apparent success, Joseph found himself in a pit deeper than that waterless pit in the desert. In the providence of God, he was led into a pit of temptation and testing. Now he was in the deep, dark belly of the devil's world in that Egyptian home. That's the way it is in life. Just when you think things are getting better, Sometimes the bottom falls out, calamity or tragedy or some test enters your life. And when it does, it calls into question what I told you to put into the suitcase of your heart, and that is faith. So now Joseph, the Bible says in verse 6, beginning in the middle, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. It came about after these events that his master's wife looked with desire at Joseph, and she said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house, and he has put all that he owns in my charge. There is no one greater in this house than I, and he has, held with, he has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? That verse, verse 9, is the verse I want you to clue in on in chapter 39. Had Joseph gone to bed every night with the sin of resentment in his heart, bitter toward his brothers, bitter toward God for, for his bitterness, he would have been easy prey for the schemes of this temptress, yielding to her suggestions and medicating his resentment in that way would have only taken him, taken him deeper still into resentment. And so his heart was had not been a nesting place for the sin of resistment, resentment, and he would not allow his heart to become a nesting place for the sin of, of adultery. So here's one more thing to pack inside the suitcase of your heart. First, first, confidence in God. God is with me. Second, commitment to God. Joseph said, how then could I do this great evil and sin against God? This commitment in Joseph's heart kept him from packing the scarlet sin of resentment in his heart, and it kept him from committing many other sins against God, including yielding to the temptation of Potiphar's wife. So we pack into the suitcase of our heart confidence in God in the middle of my circumstances. I'm going to trust that the Lord is in control even when things seem to be spiraling out of control, and I'm going to maintain my commitment to God. I'm not going to do anything that would cause me 
that would be a sin against God because I want God to help me. I want God to be with me. I want God to bless me. I want God to be in control of my circumstances. Sinning against God, having doubt in your heart, only makes it less likely that God is able to help you because what you will do in those circumstances is make a plan of your own and build a ladder out of your own resentment. So what a contrast Joseph is from his brother Judah. You remember in the last chapter, Judah found a prostitute and medicated his, his own resentment in his heart, uh, tried to find an outlet for it. Joseph did everything in his power to stay away from those kinds of sins. So every night, he lay his head on his pillow with his conscience clean toward his brothers, his conscience clean toward Potiphar, and his conscience clean toward God. I suppose you realize that if your conscience is not clean towards your brother, it's not clean toward God. If you go to bed with the scarlet sin of resentment in your heart, you will crawl in bed with any other scarlet sin. But if you go to bed every night with a clear conscience, you don't want anything to come between you and God. You don't want your conscience defiled by a single sin. So the pit in that Egyptian home grew deeper and deeper day by day. Verse 10, as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he did not listen to her to lie beside her or be with her. Now it happened one day that he went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the household were inside. She called him by his garment saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and went outside. When she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled outside, she called to the men of her household and said to them, See, he has brought in a Hebrew to us to make sport of us. He came into me to lie with me, and I screamed. When he heard that I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. So she left his garment beside her until her, his master came home. Then she spoke to him with these words, The Hebrew slave whom you brought to us came into me to make sport of me, and as, as I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. Now, as you know the story, Joseph never even entertained the thought of yielding to the urgings of Potiphar's wife. He would not violate the trust of her husband. But more importantly, he would not violate his commitment to God. And as a result, Joseph lost his coat, but he didn't lose his character. Now, he could have kept his job if he'd agreed to Potiphar's wife, uh, but, he would have lost, he, but he would rather lose his shirt, his job, and his freedom than de defile his conscience and his relationship with God. Better to lose your shirt in your business rather than to compromise God's standard and stain your conscience. Some of you, by virtue of where you work and what you do, are going to be tempted every day to compromise your purity, to compromise your integrity. And every day, you're going to have to live by Joseph's outstanding commitment. He said, how then could I do this great evil and sin against God? So pack in the suitcase of your heart. Number one, confidence to God, uh, or in God. Second, commitment to God. And third, pack in the suitcase of your heart a clean conscience. Those three things will guard your heart against the scarlet sin of resentment and any other sin. Verse 19 of chapter 39. 
Now when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spoke to him, saying, This is what your slave did to me, his anger burned. So Joseph's master took him and put him into the jail, in the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the jail. Now Joseph's circumstances, as you can see, brought him down again. He was thrown down into a pit. He was carried down to Egypt. His refusal to sin against God caused him to be put in an Egyptian dungeon. And you can just imagine in your mind what that might have been like. Two or three little rooms cut out of a hole in the ground, crowded with prisoners, thick with the smell of every sort of human filth, no windows, no light or air except that which passed over the bars that covered his opening. All day long, the, the clanging of chains drug around by manacled feet. It was a place swarming with rodents and maggots. And Joseph lived in that sunless hole, the Bible tells us, for two years. He'd been a slave to Potiphar. But never once was he the slave of resist, resentment. He'd been, uh, he, he, he was never the prisoner of resentment, either against his brothers, or against Potiphar, or against God. There's a dungeon deeper and darker than Joseph's dungeon. It's the dungeon of resentment. It is a dark hole cut off from the light of God's presence. But listen to what the Bible says about that sunless hole where Joseph was. The Bible says in verse 20, beginning to read in the last part, and in verse 21, and he was there in the jail, but the Lord was with Joseph. Here's the next principle I want to remind you of this morning. Joseph discovered that the Lord will be with you in the worst of circumstances, in the darkest and dirtiest of holes, but He will not be with you in the dungeon of resentment. He will not bless you there. Now, I don't know where you are today. I don't know what circumstances face you. I don't know what kind of pit that you find yourself in. Uh, but I know this. You need to look for a scarlet thread in the middle of your circumstances. There is a scarlet thread. There was a scarlet thread in this story. There was a scarlet thread in chapter 37 that God had in mind from the beginning. There was a scarlet thread in chapter 38 that Judah picked, which was the wrong one. The scarlet thread that God provides to get you out of your circumstances, to keep you free from resentment, to get your heart clean, to make your heart right with Him is the scarlet thread that still to this day runs to the foot of the cross. And when you get there, you need to confess all your sins. You need to tell God about all of your hurt. You need to ask Him to cleanse your heart and your conscience of any and all sin, especially the scarlet sin of resentment. You may well have and may well can say, somebody has hurt me, somebody has wronged me, somebody has committed an evil against me, that can be true. Then leave it at the foot of the cross and let God deal with it. Let Him handle it and let Him make His own way, choose His own way to lift you up out of the pit that you're in. Do not make a ladder out of your resentment, out of the skin and bones of someone who hurts you and try to scream or claw or climb your way out of the hole that you will find that you find yourself in. If you will follow God's scarlet thread to the cross, God will help you. In 1986, a dear Christian woman in the church I pastored was dying of cancer. In a devotion book she gave me, as I read it, after she gave it to me at the end of that year, there was a little statement she wrote at the top of one of the pages. 
It said simply, the choice of attitude is open to everyone. And it was dated that day, and it was dated from, from her bed at the, in the hospital at Mobile Infirmary. The choice of attitude is always open to everyone. That was written by someone who was dying with cancer. The choice of attitude is open to everyone. Somebody who had, as all of us do, a long list of reasons why we could choose to have a bad attitude. I did, this happened in my life. I lost a child. I have a child who's sick. I've been through a divorce. Somebody's hurt me. But the choice of attitude is always open to everyone. Now, she would die the next year of cancer, but she died with a clean conscience. She held no resentment against God or anybody else. The scarlet sin of resentment didn't defile her heart. If you are in a pit of despair caused by a hurt that somebody has put in your life, last thing, you can build a ladder out of your resentment and you can try to get out on your own. Or you can wait on the way that God has provided. But you will not wait if you do not have confidence that God is with you today in the middle of whatever circumstances you find yourself in. Not only is He with you, but He will be with you from here to the future. Let's pray.